This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swing high from ball! Built to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, alongside, virtually alongside, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. And he and I are both sitting here looking at each other on Zoom, and we're all smiles. And that's that's because uh, players are reporting to Northport. Pitchers and catchers are anyways, getting ready to kick off spring training here in a couple days. And... I think for baseball fans and those of us who work in baseball alike, it's just we're all just just happy. It's just an exciting time of year, new beginnings, the teams coming back together to start another run at it. Um, and man, it just I love this time of year so much for that reason. It's just uh, I know a lot of people. I, I well, not a lot of people. I've seen some folks who like like they'll complain about this part of the sports calendar just in general throughout the year. But I'm like, man, I got like Daytona was yesterday as we're sitting here talking, which I'm always excited about. And Daytona is followed by a couple hours away, depending on which team you're at, if you're in Florida, or at least for me, the Braves are showing up a couple hours away across the state. So for me, it's like a great time in the sports calendar and I'm excited. So, uh, so we're excited about that and very excited about our guest today. Uh, Tuki Toussaint, if you're a Braves fan, you've seen him. He's uh, been with us for a couple of years now. Actually came over in a trade, I think, in 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. Um, been with uh, the big club up and down for the last couple of years. Great guy, great personality, thoughtful, thoughtful person. Um, just you talk about guys that it's easy to root for. Tuki is like the personifies that for me. He's just a guy you want to see do well and you just want to. You want to see out there every fifth day or or every night closing it out. I mean, depending on where where his career path takes him. Um, and of course, this is a continuation of our, our series of episodes dedicated to Black History Month. This is something our third year now that we've done this. Uh, something that Greg and I are both very proud of. Um, we've had some very great guests, and Tuki is is we're happy to add him to that list. Um, Greg, I this one I'm so excited for people to hear this. This was we. This was kind of a, a an interview of two parts. We talked baseball in the first half in his baseball career. And the second half, we talk about off the field issues, specifically things that have happened in the last year with social justice. Um, and I really, you and Tuki really got, got, had a great insightful discussion. I was just enjoying listening, sitting back, listening to it. Um, you're talking about some things that happened when you were a player and comparing it to him and, and what has happened in our country the last year. Um, what are your first takeaways from that that discussion with with Tuki? I mean, he was he, he was 
just genuine and thoughtful is the things that come yeah. to mind for me. Well, I, I like um, Tukey's. Uh, if you look at his, I don't know if it's his Twitter page or his Instagram page, but it, it says stay humble. And I think when you talk to Tukey, you do get a sense that you, you see just a humble young man that's trying to find his way and, and leave his mark in the baseball community. And, uh, but just felt like that he needed to uh, say something. And I think he was very thoughtful in what he said. And, and I think uh, feeling like that as a African-American in, in major league baseball, that he needed to say something about what was going on. And, you know, I admire him for that. I, I wasn't always the type of guy that felt like I had to say something, but I think when you're really passionate about something, um, and you feel like that it's affecting you and your community, then I think it's appropriate to speak out. And not that everybody, obviously everybody doesn't agree with you. It's a very controversial uh, issue. And I think the biggest takeaway I have is I don't care what side of the fence. And I think this is one of the issues I have with our culture nowadays is that if you're on one side of the fence, the other side bashes you. If you're on the other side, the other side of the fence bashes you. And I think that that's where we need to be a little bit more understanding that um, I, I just, even though we have open dialogue, I just think that there's too many accusations going back and forth. And I don't think there's enough grace to go around to say, you know what, I, I, I respect what you say and what you believe. I, I may not agree with it, but I, I can respect you and I'm not going to bash you for it. And I think that happens within our communities as well as outside our communities. I think that just with Twitter and, and uh, the news media, it's just like everything gets incited and there's just so much emotion in it. And so I just was sharing with Tuki that I felt like that I, I should have as a as a but to be a better teammate. I should have asked some tough questions. You know, I should have asked, hey, how is this affecting you? How do you feel about this? And I get the chance to do that now uh, working in the Braves organization and having coworkers that that have different perspectives than me. I can now do that. Now I'm 50 something years old, 54 years old. So I'm a little bit more mature as a 25 and 27 year old. I, maybe I wasn't as mature to where I could have those conversations or, or sense that it was affecting some of my teammates uh, adversely. I regret that I, I wasn't able to do that, but now I can, I can do that. And I think that's, that's, um, I'm okay if somebody doesn't agree with me on my stance and, and, um, and I'm okay um, uh, with somebody else's differing opinion. And so I think that's really what makes us human is to be okay with that. And that just bothers me when people aren't okay with it. And, and so you're seeing that a lot. And I know you work in the social media field and I know you see that, that that's the downside to Twitter. That's the downside to, to some of these places that you just get hammered by people um, if they if they don't agree with you. And I think that's just where we we should draw the line and say, you know what, it's okay to be different. We all, God created us all different. I mean, we're not going to agree on it, but you should be okay with that. And and I think we've just taken it um, the rhetoric to to um, to a different level. And so it's great to be able to talk with a guy like Tuki who's humble who uh, wants to do the right thing and who's a pleasure to speak with. And I think the more we do that, and I think that's his thing too. The more we do that, the better off we all, we all are going to be. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and, you know, working in social media, I see the the good sides of it and the positives of it. And I see that if we all kind of treated it, well, if we treated everything, including that with a little more grace and maybe a little more thought 
put into so, so just everything in general that that could be a positive side we could use that as a, as a positive way for changing too but it's it's all it all starts with asking tough questions uh being willing to listen to tough answers um and hopefully getting that reciprocation with whoever you're talking with that that you know that they're going to be at least willing to hear what you have to say and uh and i just i just love conversations like this with tukey because i felt like even though we just you know we were just on with him for 20 minutes there i felt like oh you know if this if me and this guy just happened to be around each other we sat next to each other on a plane or something we're flying somewhere and we struck up a conversation I feel like this is somebody I'm comfortable with that we could actually have a, a, a thoughtful conversation about things and maybe make a little progress along the way. Just a tiny, if, if each of us can just make a little bit of progress each day, I feel like that uh, we'll be heading in the right direction. So we're, we're as an organization, uh, we're lucky to have a guy like Tukey on our team. And again, bears repeating. It's just, he's such an easy guy to root for. And, you know, whether it's rotation, bullpen, whatever his, whatever his path may end up being, and it could be either. I'm not, insinuating either uh i just hope that he's able to finally kind of solidify whatever his role is with the big league club because he's got the talent and uh we know the person he is so if he can put it all together then you know he's going to be somebody we hopefully love to watch pitch in embrace country for for many years to come so um well without further ado let's get right to it uh here he is braves pitcher tukey toussaint Hey, Tukey. Um, great you join us here on Behind the Braves. Appreciate it. We know you're just getting settled in down in Florida. And, uh, but tell us, uh, I know, I guess the well, first couple things. So we got Black History Month. We've got the beginning of spring training. Uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, right? So we got a lot to talk about today. But tell us what's happening with you. You just got down to Florida. What's going on? Uh, actually crazy. I kind of lived down here, so easy drive up. Uh, uh, drove up this morning, woke up at 8, got up here, tested, and then came home quarantining. Actually unpacking as we speak. Uh, but, man, I'm just excited for the season to get going, like you said. I mean, there's a lot of talk about offseason was great. Did a lot of players-aligned stuff. Flew up to Atlanta, did some in Florida. Um, spoke to a lot of those guys. And, yeah, I'm just excited to get this year going, honestly. Nice. Well, I know you've been real active in in uh, in, the, in your community up here in Atlanta. We know things have been going on. We definitely want to get into that. But but one of the things I want to ask you, you know, it's been three seasons now. You've been kind of up and down uh, with the team, you know, and I know probably things have worked out exactly the way you envisioned them so far or the way you wanted them to. But I know as a former pitcher, I always I was always looking forward I was always a half half full guy you know my, my attitude was and from what I know about you and people I've talked to that you you're very positive upbeat so are you a goal guy um, do you look at each season like man this is the year I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it around I'm gonna change things I'm gonna be you know everything that I envision be do you do that through goals or is just are you a little different in that approach I mean I, I'll say I have goals but also like you said, baseball is one of those sports is really uncertain. So I can say, Hey, I want to be an all-star. And then tomorrow I'm not with the big leagues. So it was like, all right, am I an all-star in the big leagues or I'm all-star in triple A. You know what I mean? Like, but for me, I just try to win every day. I take it day by day and I try to win every day. And at the end of the year, I 
let that take care of itself. And then I go back and check mark, like, all right, I did that. I did that, did that. And I, I, I would say I set goals, but they're small goals. They're, they're, Hey, uh, let's have a healthy spring. Boom. And then when spring's over, all right, what are your goals for the first half of the season? What are your goals for the second half of the season? Or even week to week, like what's your goal this week? What's your goal next week? And day by day, like I said, like I have goals for the day that I want to complete, whether it's wake up at eight and have a good breakfast and meditate or whatever it is. Like those are some of the things I, I do. So what does a, a normal, well, I almost said normal off season, nothing's been normal for the last 12 months, but just your preparation in the off season, kind of when do you start ramping it up and just what does a off season routine look like for you? Uh, I'd say off season. So we get home like this year, we got home, I think October 20th, I took two weeks off. I started working out. Uh, I went to, I take Pilates. So I'll go to Pilates and then I'd work out or I'd work out first and then go to Pilates and then I didn't really stop throwing, so I threw all off season. Uh, so like a normal day would be wake up at seven thirty, have breakfast by eight thirty, get out of the house by nine, be at workouts nine thirty about eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. I'm at PT for just make sure my shoulders right or my body. Uh, I'm there probably twelve to two, and then two o'clock I go to Pilates from two to three eat lunch. And then later that night, like if I didn't play catch at PT, I'll go play catch that night and do drills and stuff like that. And then I go home, go to sleep and do it all over again. Is that normal for you to not, to, to not stop throwing? I know I experimented a little bit during my career on what I did and when I started and when I finished, you know, throwing, is this, is this something new or is this typically what you usually do as far as you're shutting your arm down and building it back up? Uh, to, I mean, I, I've, I've always done it. Like some guys are like, oh, I take time off, but I don't really take time off just because I don't want to lose that feel or whatever I have to work on. I don't want to have to be like, all right, well, I need to play catch first before I can start working on this. That makes sense because yeah. some guys are like, all right, I won't throw till January. And it's like, uh, uh, <laughs> I got stuff to work on, so I'm going to play catch all offseason. That way it's like, all right, hey, let's work on breaking balls in the dirt. I can do that in January. I don't have to wait till spring training to work on that. All right. So I, I don't just say this because my co-host is a former uh, relief pitcher or, or pitcher in general. I, I really think that pitchers and guys that come out of the pen in particular are, I feel like you guys just have the toughest job in baseball and somebody like you, who you've, just out of necessity or timing, you know, you've, you've kind of done both of that for the big league team the last couple of years. I'm just wondering what, how do you approach that? Like, what, what is your mentality about having to be ready for, for either in a, in a moment's notice? I just, I have so much respect for you guys that are able to do that and do it effectively. Cause it just seems so hard. I mean, even in a, in a, in a reliever, like if a reliever, a, a bull, like a, a closer, I mean, they have a defined role. Yeah. They might not know which night they're going to pitch, but they still kind of have, they know that role. So I would think for somebody like you that might need to make a spot start, or maybe you're in the rotation or maybe for a playoff run, you're in the pen. I mean, how do you approach that and keep your yourself mentally ready for that? Uh, honestly, at first I didn't know what to do because I think my first relief appearance, a lot, I had one a ball and 
they told me like, Hey, you're going to pitch the eighth. So <clears throat> all day I was like, all right, I'm going to pitch the eighth inning. I'm going to get ready. Like I'm acting like a starter. I'm long tossing on the side of the field. You know what I mean? And uh, then I didn't make another relief appearance until I got to the big leagues. And my first relief appearance, I gave three runs and I was sitting there and it's like, Hey, you're done. And I'm like, what? I got more innings to go. And uh, Marty Reed actually pulled me over. He's like, Hey man, like being a reliever is a different mentality. You have to go in there ready to get out right away. Like, it's not like being a starter where you can give up three runs and be like, all right, let's damage control. Let's keep him right there. Let's keep, let's get the team later in the game or whatever it is. As a reliever, you have to come in there and dominate right away. Like, it's not, oh, I don't have fastball command today. Let me find it. No, it's, all right, you don't have fastball command. That that pitch is not working. You better go to something else to get three outs as fast as you can. And that's one thing I, I, I guess I struggled with earlier because I didn't really understand that because I was like, well, I have four, five, six more innings to go. Like I'm, as a starter, you're thinking long-term. Like I have to get the team into the sixth with three runs or less. Like as a reliever, you can't, you're going in there. Like I need to get out right now, no matter what it is. Base is loaded. I need to get out of this inning. Uh, I, I can't give up a run basically. And that, that sense is, that's why I feel like relievers go through. As a starter, you're like, all right, I can give up runs, but I have to get deeper into the game. Even though you're not trying to give up runs, like, but it's gonna happen. Because I can give up a five spot in the first inning and then still pitch the sixth, depending on how many pitches I have. As a reliever, you give up five spot, you're out of there. You're out of there. Two runs. <laughs> like, hey, bro, give me the ball. Well, so I, I think that was that was the biggest yeah. difference for me, just understanding that that you have to go in there and dominate right away, and that's actually helped me a lot from relieving going back into starting because now I was like as a starter you're not you're not messing around anymore you're going in there and you're hey attack 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 and some starters talk about hey set up hitters for later in the game and this and that but as a reliever you get that mentality of I need to be in the zone all time getting out as fast as possible yeah the, uh, one of the things I was just going to say sorry I interrupted you but um I feel for you from the sense that I kind of see you as a curveball pitcher, meaning that's your best pitch, right? So, um, or that's your that's your out pitch, I should say. At least it has been so far. Um, and I think as a reliever, it's very difficult when you don't have a defined role and you've kind of been all over the map on when you've pitched to be able to come in and and I, I know how much important that is, how important that is for you to have feel on your curveball. And especially when that's your number one pitch and you've got to come in and you've got to hit with that curveball right away, that's a tough pitch to do that. Uh, traditionally, if you look at just or historically over the game, people went away from curveballs because the slider was more manageable. Or many, and, yeah. and, and so it was difficult because you look at a guy like Nolan Ryan and some of these big curveball guys like Dave Steve in the past, you know, they were starters. And very rarely did you have a guy who was a curveball pitcher who was a short guy. And um, and so I think that's more difficult. So I felt for you over these past three seasons watching you having to come in and rely on that, but yet not having the consistency to be able to do that. Um, is that – am I seeing that right? Has that been a struggle for you, or has there been something mechanically that you've been working on that's allowed you to get better? I mean, I think, honestly, it's – Bit for me, it's, it was mechanics. I mean, I was low on my front side, couldn't get over my front front side. I mean, uh, 
So I was basically just more rotational instead of driving the baseball. And that's what I worked on all season, just being able to drive the baseball where I want to throw the baseball, not trying to go down the way and missing up and in. I mean, being in the big leagues, you can't really – those misses can't happen anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, they can, but they're not – you're not going to get away with them. And that's something I really focused on is just – like I've been saying this the last three years, just commanding the baseball, being able to put the baseball where I want to or in that area that I want to. If I'm going out, I want to miss out. I don't want to miss over the plate. Because in the in AAA, AA, that might not get hit, but in the big leagues, it gets hit. And I think starting with that will help me better everything else. Well, we with this being Black History Month, we've been doing this show now for this will be our, our third season coming up. And we've been really blessed. Uh, of course, two years ago, we had Marquise Grissom and the late great Hank Aaron on with us, which which was amazing and, and a thrill. Last year, we had Bob Kendrick from the Negro Leagues Museum on, and I look forward to hopefully having him on again uh, at some point. And so far, we had Dana Brown last week, scouting director for the Braves, and when we have you on this week. And it's just been, for me personally, not even from the show standpoint, it's just been great to have folks like yourselves on to, to learn and to, to listen to your stories. And you over the last year, uh, it's just, I want to commend you, first of all. I mean, you've... You decided to use your voice on social justice and in being a positive influence and making a difference in in our Braves community and in your community. And it's just been great to see. So I I just wanted to hear from you. What has that been like? I mean, you're still a young man, still trying to, you know, solidify your place on the big leagues. And then on top of that, you decided, OK, I'm going to I'm going to use my voice for these off the field things. Uh, what's that been like? Um, and, and also your great work with the, the Players Alliance, just what you what you guys are doing with that as well. I um, mean, yeah, at first it was kind of a I – mean, I don't want to say scary, but it was it was scary because you just don't know what to expect. You don't know what, what the reaction is going to be, what anything is going to be. So when the whole George Floyd thing happened, like I actually sat there for three or four days just thinking about what I wanted to write or how I wanted to say it. And, and I, I wanted to be authentic. So I didn't want to really cut and paste and none of that. So I was just like, I would sit in bed for three hours a night, write something. And then be like, no, nah, I can't say that. And I'd write it again. Be like, oh, I can't say that. And then it, it got to a point. I think I woke up at like six in the morning. I, I couldn't sleep. So I woke up at six in the morning. I wrote it. And I was like, this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like too many people were dying. Too many people were, not being treated fairly too many people are, are going through it and I have a voice and I'm I'm an athlete that has a voice and young kids do look up to me so I can't sit here and not say something and it hit me and I was like man I'm here it is and once I said it yeah you got those people that are like oh man like shut up and play baseball and shut up and do this and I was just like all right like you're gonna get that no matter how good or bad you are like you're gonna get that so, I mean, at first it was, it was scary. And then I, I kind of did it. I got over it. Uh, I got a lot of really good feedback from it. Uh, people tell me, thank you for standing up. Thank you for using your voice. And I think those are the moments you take and you learn from rather than the others. And I'd say like, once the season was approaching, there was like the, the, Hey, are you going to kneel kind of, question that was popping up and I think we handled that very well like 
we had a meeting, me, Freddie, Anthopolis, Snit, Ron Washington, everybody was in the room and we just had a meeting and it was like, hey, this is what I think. And I told my thought and they gave me their feedback and we came up with a plan for that. And I've been just hmm. putting where, I, like everybody says, hey, put your money where your mouth is. And that's exactly what I've been trying to do. And I'm going to still do that for as long as I can. That's a great word. Um, you know, you're too young to remember this too. You were, I think you were, where you born in 96? Is that yes, right? Sir. Yeah, 96. So I was playing in the 90s, you know, and I had some great teammates, Terry Pendleton, whom you know, and uh, Fred McGriff and Deion Sanders and Otis Nixon and Ron Gantt. So I had a, quite a few players on the team that were African-American and, um, and I, I specifically remember I lived through the OJ trial and I lived through, uh, remember a couple different instances back then where uh, there were some, you know, big racial events that happened. And I remember sitting in the clubhouse watching OJ driving his, you know, him and they were driving down the road and we were all sitting around watching that just in kind of in awe. And I guess if, if I think back on my, I, I had really good relationships with all my teammates, but one thing I do regret is I never really asked the question is how is this affecting you? Because during that, you may not remember this, but you aren't read much about it, but during the OJ trial it became very, it was all about race. It really wasn't about whether he did it or not. And I think I've seen the latest polls in 2015, half of, you know, African-Americans believe that OJ did it, whereas back then none of them believed he did it, you know. So that changed a little bit, but it doesn't matter. But back then it was all based on racial divide, right? And so I think it brought out a lot of things that we've seen with George Floyd and a lot of things. It brought out all this this divide that we have among people and, and different races. But I, one thing I do regret is I just never, never asked the question, how is this affecting you? Because these were my brothers, my teammates, you know, guys that I knew that it was bringing out a whole lot of things from the past that related to this. And just like what was happening, whether it was George Floyd and the things that we're talking about in the office now with the Braves is just asking the question, how is this affecting you? You know, what does this mean? And just opening the dialogue about, you know, what am I not seeing or what, you know, how is this affecting you? And so it's just been really good for me to be able to talk to my other, you know, colleagues in, in the office about who don't maybe see things the way I do or don't experience them the way I am. So I've appreciated that about it because it just allows me to be more real and understanding and, and uh, the things that may not have ever affected me. Yeah, most definitely. And that's, that's one thing I'm really grateful for. Like after the whole like player lines came up in the conversation and uh, AA and Freddie held a meeting and basically explained what it was. And they, they were like, Hey, Tukey, like you're the only one. So explain it. And I basically got the floor and I told him, like, I'm not really a guy that stands up in front of and be like, Oh, this is what it is. So I said, if you have any questions, like come talk to me about it. And literally the whole team was like, explain us like what's going on. Like, how do you feel? How can we make it better? And things like that. And I was really grateful for that. Just that, that moment where even if I was riding a bike and like, for example, after that conversation, I was riding a bike and Fulte came up to me and was like, Hey man, like, what do you think about this? And I was like, that's what is going to change. It's it's not me going, Oh yeah. Like let's go protest every time and let's go do this and let's do that. Yeah. That's helps. But it's those one-on-one -on -one conversations. So you can see what I'm seeing and I can see what you're seeing. And I think 
there needs to be more of that, honestly. Like people need to put their pride aside and be able to be like, hey man, like I've messed up before or hey, I don't want to mess up. What can I do? That's that is that's that's fantastic. Well, Tuki, we don't want to uh, take too much of your time. We know you got to unpack. Uh, you just got there. We just we saw your suitcases when we first started. Like you literally just got there, so we don't want to hold you up too long. But um, listen, we just we wish you all the best. And uh, let's see, you work out first workouts uh, just in a couple of days from now, right? Yeah, and hopefully I you know get a negative test and I don't have to go through all this stuff again <laughs> right <laughs> me too amen to that hey tukey we'll be pulling for you all right um hope Appreciate season that. goes well healthy uh you reach all your goals and hit all your spots i mean that's you know i that you're the best athlete on that team right the pitchers you're part of that that great group um hope you execute um hit all your spots and and if we if you do that we know you'll be successful thank you appreciate that thank you so much for your time appreciate it see you guys take care hey braves country we just wanted to remind you to rate review and subscribe behind the braid on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast stitcher or at braves.com slash behind the braves or wherever you get your podcasts thank you and we'll see you next time on behind the braves